Welcome to another episode of A Podcast Ellipse, a science and engineering podcast where we discuss rebuilding society after a hypothetical apocalypse. Filling in for Paisley Jackson Smith, we're your hosts. I'm Calcedoni Figaro Scott. And I'm Clef Crescendo. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we like to get experts in uh, various fields to talk about how life will be in the apocalypse. And on today's episode, we're doing food. Food. We're doing baking after the apocalypse today. Wow, this sounds exciting. Do you want to introduce our guests? I'd love to, yes. With us, we have award-winning bakers, Cotton Taylor Monroe. Hello, Cotton. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for coming. And then we also have Polly Jackson-Smith. Thank you for coming. Hi, I'm so glad to be here today. Let's go ahead and start today. Thank you so much for coming. Polly, I'd love to hear more about your background and what makes you an expert in baking. Yes, um, I've been a baker for 15 years, and um, I was on the Cupcake Wars. I had Cotton Taylor Monroe as my partner, or Cotty as I call her, but she was kind of my last choice, and I only picked her because um, Will broke his leg, and then Susie moved to Bratislava, and um, Lucy's cat died, so Cotty was kind of like, well, guess that's my partner. Well, that's exciting. Cotty or Cotton. 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 Um, That's my name. Please tell us about yourself and uh, what makes you an expert in baking. Well, um, luckily, since I was uh, a door prize um, for Polly over there, I actually went on to be what's called a three-tier CC warrior. So I'm a three-tiered cupcake warrior, um, which means that I... What I placed first on the show um, three times. Unfortunately, at the time that I was apparently Polly's booby prize as a as an aide, <laughs> um, uh, we didn't we didn't win. Um, you know, but we worked we worked hard. You know, we worked. I you know I always say when Polly's around, you got to work even harder, and and it shows. You know, it shows. And so um, you know, my pedigree comes from being a. a three-tier cupcake warrior and uh you know being in those trenches you you see a different side of humanity wow that sounds intense i just i mean before we go further i just want to thank you both for your service um it does not sound easy being in the war it um i don't even know what to say about it but it was hard thank you for your service thank you appreciate it thank you So, well, let's go ahead and kind of get this out of the way first. I would love to know if you think we should even bother bringing baking into the post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, no, I think uh, baking, baking will be essential because it's, it's the blending of science and nutrition and you're nourishing your body. And the one thing that we will have to focus on that everyone has to focus on every day is nourishing your body. And it's just that right now it's it seems very simple to us, but in a post-apocalyptic world, you know, you're gonna have to figure out how to make grubs into a pie. It's wow. just it's just the truth. That's beautiful. And I think Caddy would be really good at that because um, Cotton. Cotton. um oh yeah, Caddy. Um because sometimes I maybe substitute some grasshopper flour for her all-purpose flour. So she would like the taste of insects in her baked goods. Um, I'm, 
I, I, I'm sorry, I know this doesn't usually go with the flow of recording, but did you say uh, that you've previously uh, substituted my flower for grasshopper flower? Yeah, you didn't seem to notice. So you you switched it for grasshopper flower, um, which, hey, that's that's fine. I mean, I understand that when a person feels desperate then they go to different measures. So what recipe was it exactly that you switched for grasshopper flour? I think we'll uh, just kind of uh, take a time out here, but I'm glad you brought up desperate because I imagine we'll be desperate in the post-apocalypse. And um, I just want to know, you mentioned grubs for potentially making those into pies. Yes. And you mentioned yes. grasshoppers yes. as a yes. thing. But um, like, what type of like foraging stuff is valuable for, for baking? that might be found in the post-apocalypse. Well, Polly, uh, you know, since you know about grasshopper flowers, what other kinds of insects do you think would be good for making flowers? Well, I mean, there's water beetles. They uh, kind of taste like a combination of dog food and peanut butter. I think dog. it would be a great, a great source of protein in the post-apocalyptic world. Could you describe what a water beetle looks like? I don't think I've ever seen one. Well, it's about as big as a a baseball. Mm, okay. It's got like a little bit of crunch on the exterior, but the inside just has that kind of like melt in your mouth peanut butter flavor. It's actually quite good. Are they filled with water? Is that why they're called water beetles? No, they uh they float in water. Oh, do you have to dehydrate them in order to make flour? Is that what you oh, do? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. You dehydrate them and then make them into flour wow that's so is that a secret ingredient that you use now or what is your current secret ingredient well once i tricked cootie into eating a water beetle by Cotton. telling her that it was Cotton. a um a new chocolate product on the market and she didn't seem to notice that it wasn't chocolate so Holly, again um just just to clear it up uh, my name is Cotton, not yeah. Catty or Cootie. <laughs> it's Cotton. Kitty. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Got it. Have, have you ever tried calling her Polly Pocket? Because I think that like has a natural flow. <laughs> um, I mean, she is tiny and fake, so yeah, that works. Yeah, uh, Polly Pocket. <laughs> well, I would love to know if you can make a flower just out of anything. You know, for the most part. Um, it's that it's more that you need the consistency of a flower and then you just need a binder to go with that flower. So let's say you were able to, you know, uh, get enough ants and dry them out and then grind them up. I mean, ants are, you know, really tiny. Um, but if you also got, let's say, groundworms and you were able to dry them out and grind them up, then you would still have some kind of some kind of paste for a base are earthworms gluten-free no actually yes that's they the are if a worm eats something with gluten then they're not gluten when free. are they eating wheat products i they're don't know i'm not the watching dirt. them all the time Polly pocket anyway <clears throat> well what's your secret ingredient oh well Okay, well, I have to keep my secret ingredient fully secret, but um, I will say that you can never use too much butter or roasted peppers. Or roasted peppers. Obviously, you do a lot of savory cooking, too. Yes. I think savory baking, uh, baking. is 
Um, it's such an overlooked art. You mentioned being in the trenches. Like, yeah. was was the death toll pretty high during the wars? Well, you see, the funny thing is a lot of people assume that when you hear Cupcake Wars, it's fun and games and a magician for a host. Oh, no. Yeah, but it sounds no. terrifying. No, it, it's, it's frightening because what you think starts out as a cute baking competition, it can turn into a real, like, a frosting bath, which we would also call a bloodbath. But for us, like, the inner part of a human is the most decorative showing and seeing the frosting and and labeling it that helps with, you know, coping after. So these are all euphemisms that you do, like thinking back to help with like the PTSD, I imagine. Well, kind of. See, the thing is that in the trenches, when you have to eat, you know, it's no longer just like open a can of beans and heat it with a lighter. Um, People in the war effort donated a lot of easy-bake ovens. And we were able to use the bits and pieces that we had around us with that great heated little light bulb, and baking became essential to our survival down there. Wow. I'm just... Did you go back to that blood part, the frosting and the blood, and how those relate? Because I'm not sure... It's the food coloring. It's the food coloring. Yeah. It it makes it look like blood, but it's really just, you know, powdered sugar and uh, margarine. Or in um, Cotty's case, it was um, cornstarch. Hmm. Okay. I'm sorry, you were using margarine? That's pretty basic, even for you. I mean, it does have a longer shelf life. And in the post-apocalyptic world, that might come in handy because you can't refrigerate your butter. So I want to clear a pet peeve real quick. Um, like when people are like spreading butter on their toast, you know, and it gets mm-hmm. like all the little crummies on the butter knife and then they go straight back into the butter. Like, does that like, yeah. get you guys? Cody does that all the time. It's so annoying. Uh, no, cotton. Once again, cotton, not Cody, cotton. And uh, no, I don't do that. You do that with peanut butter and with jelly and with the mayonnaise jar, you monster. Wait, P, B, J, and M? Oh, no, no, no. Separately. separately. I mean, she's a monster, but she's not that bad. Okay. No, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I shouldn't have called you a monster. That was an overstep. I... Apology accepted. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, I have something on my shoulders. And I have to confess to you that, um, okay, I don't actually have an identical twin. That's me in a costume. Um, and you've just fallen for it every time, which is amazing to me. And you never questioned even like the fake mustache, which kind of bothered me. But I, I'm sure you guys have noticed the tension between the two of us. It's just, it's been on my shoulders for like forever. I'm the gullible one. You're the one that's been corresponding with that Nigerian prince who wanted to give you money. That was me. Hey, Prince Mzuzu is real. We are in love. Don't, no, no, no. It is Mzuzu and Cotton forever. Okay? What has has Mzuzu promised you? Oh, the world. What, What hasn't he promised me? I mean, yes, I've had to, like exchange my 401k to send him money but his aunt really needed that kidney 
What have you done with the 401k money? Um, well, uh, funny story. Uh, I may have hired an assassin to kill Cotton's uh, poodle muffins. <gasps> His you muffins was not. always barking at me and it was so annoying. Muffins so, doesn't like how you smell. That's why. Muffins smell is like one traitors. who smells. Right. Muffins is one who smells? Oh, yeah, you know what? You know what smells, Polly? All right, your, ladies. Your what is the difference between um, brioche and bagels? <laughs> well done, Galsadini. <laughs> Apparently, there's a lot of air in brioche. Well, <clears throat> the difference... <laughs> The difference between brioche and bagels, brioche is a rich yeast dough that has butter and eggs and a lot of sugar. A bagel is a lean yeast dough that is... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, you can share as well. I'd love to hear your version. Well, not like her bagels are better than mine. So, as we're talking so much about wheat and yeast and all this and you talked about gluten-free stuff today already and I've mentioned on the show before that I'm gluten-free so I was wondering if you think there'll be a gluten-free option after the apocalypse or will I just have to stick to eating vegetables and baby animals I'm could you know for me I I think all the gluten-free people will be the first to die in the post-apocalyptic world okay you see this is where we actually agree um Polly Pockets over there and I have talked about this endlessly. And in this, you know, gluten-free movement that people are just glomming onto, I mean, really, how can your body reject something? That's ridiculous. Like, I'm allergic to peanuts. I still eat peanuts. You just carry an EpiPen. Problem solved. Oh. That easy. So uh, do you think I could just get cured by the apocalypse and then maybe I won't be able no, to No, you'll be anymore? dead. Yeah, you'll be dead. Oh, if you want to not- live... You'll get cured real quick. Real quick. So. I mean, my body rejects tequila. Would that mean that, like, I'll die because I can't drink tequila? Well, in the coming alcohol shortage, I think you'll actually have an advantage okay. over other people. I violently reject tequila. I don't know if this is clear. Um, and clear or gold tequila, it doesn't oh. matter. So. so so does it reject it immediately or is it after, like, five or 17 shots? Um, well, we'll say, you know, have you ever like watched like the history channel and how they load like muskets or cannons? Yeah. It's like the more powder they put in it, the, the uh, bigger the explosion. Uh, it's kind of that type of thing. There's like a delayed, mm. um, reaction. Have you it. tried less gunpowder tamping into your mouth? Um, well, you know how it is sometimes when you go on vacation and they just like line things up and then the people next to you have stuff as well and you didn't have to pay for theirs. So, I mean, go big or go home. Oh, amen, brother. Yeah, no, I I get it. I get it. Um, you know, like, you know, when in Rome, drink tequila. Or Tijuana, I mean. Or Tijuana. Really, I mean, I've, I've been to neither, but they seem the same. They seem the same. Neither's a great place, but actually oh. that reminds me of something about what I want to ask. Do you think baked goods would turn into like a currency in the post-apocalypse? Oh, definitely. Chocolate chip cookies will take a premium. And, like, what would you name your, like, baking establishment if it were going to be the new mint? Ooh. Um, Polly's Palace of Poop. No. I think that mine would be Bank of Baking. Like, 
because you have to bank on something. Bank on my baking. So how many chocolate chip cookies do you think it would cost to get some, like, essential goods? Like, if I wanted to buy a goat. Oh, a baker's dozen at least, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, a baker's dozen. Oh, you agree with me now? Yeah, shockingly, something useful came out of your mouth. Whatever. So do you think that there's a baked good that is easily produced in mass quantities with, um, like, possibly limited or unlimited resources that would feed a population afterwards, since we're now talking about the economy? Well, even after the apocalypse, I think zucchini will continue to grow, like, unabated. So I think a quick bread with zucchini... Um, and again, since you can use vegetable oil in it, you don't have to worry about your um, your fat source going rancid. Um, so I think you're forgetting about a very, very basic, um, close to apocalyptic baked good, matzah. Matzah bread is very easy to make. Um, it's made quickly. It and it tastes like cardboard. But I think zucchini bread, because the... Zucchini yeah, but will you just need grow to have forever. fertile ground for the zucchini to grow. Have you seen a zucchini plant before? Have I before? seen a zucchini plant before? No, I haven't seen a zucchini plant before. Okay, so they just plant. like grow like crazy. People will just leave them on their neighbor's porch and run away. And No one's going to even have porches. You know No, what? but I'm just saying if any plant survives the apocalypse, it will be zucchini. You know what? Your mom and I were just speaking about this the other day. And oh Okay. My mom okay. is dead. Um, okay, so... So, so maybe... <laughs> Ouija yeah. board. Is there um, something you want to tell us? Do you have other gifts that we don't know about? We could- um, no, it's not a gift. It's... Okay, look. What did your you do to my mom? Your mom's not dead. Um, your mom's not dead. What are she you talking about? She and I have been in a committed, open relationship <laughs> <What>? with Mzuzu. <laughs> This is turning into Maury. For the last it is. six months. What are you saying? Your mom is alive and well. She just needed a break from you. Okay? Oh my god. She needed I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I apologize. I have a confession to make as well. Um I didn't know that was your mom, but uh she she is alive and well and I it was Grubhub. I delivered food for her. It's true. For cotton. It's true. Oh, I It was know. a really late Thursday night, and we were we were really hungry, and then he showed up, and it was like, oh, no, now someone's going to know. What? Is that the same night you got a pizza that you didn't order? Uh, what you- yeah, but I might have eaten it anyway. Well, so what thanks. do you guys think about the apocalypse um, and how it might put an end to the nightmare that is the cronut? Oh, the cronut. Actually, I'm not sure why I know what a cronut is. It's a croissant donut. Um, so I think if we um, have established that cows are basically done for after the apocalypse, there will not be a butter source. So you can just safely assume that there will be no more cronuts and you can sleep easy at night. Because we're not going to have any more butter. You yeah. know, there's going to be butter. Have you not heard of giraffe butter? I have they not. are a mammal. They are milkable, and it's delicious. No, I believe that the cronut will live on. So we can. Where make are you getting butter? this giraffe butter from? Is uh, that on the black market? 
It's from the zoo. So once again, so back to foraging. Our zoos are going to be fantastic sources of meat and of milk, mammalian milk. And I think that, you know, like, you know, the gates are going to be open, folks. We got to get them from the lions. So do you think neck size um, correlates to the quality of butter that's produced from the animal? Oh, that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, neck it probably size? does. Did you say neck size? Yes, neck size. Neck size. Yeah. Huh. Well, because the food has to travel farther down, so it has more time to become refined when it hits the stomach. And so that makes a more pure butter. Oh, well, that sounds yeah. That's why delicious. human milk isn't used as much for butter because our necks are so short. But look at a cow. Like, it has all those stomachs to travel through. It has to go up and down, up and down, up and down through, like, their thick necks. All right, so I'm I'm really trying to stay off of this topic because I know it's probably really sensitive for the both of you. Mm-hmm. But a question I always like to ask is, um, I mean, while you were in your war, do you remember your first kill? My first kill? Yeah, I mean, you were in the wars, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think we were able to knock out um, Bill and Sammy in round one um, because mm. uh, they're frosting fell over they oh, didn't disgusting. i know it was yeah. terrible um but we laughed we had a really good laugh about it um <laughs> remember the look on their faces <laughs> yeah they sheer were horror. so so ashamed this is i ashamed i mean this is a shocking i mean uh, it was like a rube 101 mistake and they totally and you just obliterated them oh yeah Mm -hmm. with with no remorse at all speaking of nightmare fuel wow that sounds really intense so what is your favorite baking show the cooking segments that you see on local tv shows in the morning they're fantastic i think they're great you know um when you can see someone with no training and no TV presence get up there and make an omelet, you're seeing America. You're seeing America. That's that's really cool. I think I've, I've tried to get on one of those morning ones before, but I haven't yet. Maybe oh. after a few more episodes of a podcast. So so we may on. get a promotion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really love the Great British Baking Show, and I was wondering... You know, it's called that for a reason. It's the Great British Baking Show. And I think that you guys might like it too, but I'm just curious. Well, I mean, I think all those people will die during the apocalypse. So, um, I, you know, there's not much point in watching it, I think. Actually, odd, odd tidbit oh. about the Great British Baking Show. It actually takes place in Sweden. Few people know that. It's really yeah. quite beautiful, and there's always lambs and stuff running around. Yeah, always little lambs. Um, and no, you know, I disagree. I think that I think that if anything, um, people in in Great Britain they're gonna live. They're they're gonna live and they're gonna thrive because I mean, look. I thought it was in Sweden though. You know, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. That you was know. that was a very sweet point. Uh huh. It was. Because I'm smart and I listen. I'm smart and I listen. Okay. My name's Polly. Well, when Cody can't think of anything interesting to say, cotton. she just mocks it's me. Cotton. Yeah, you're so smart. You can't get my name right, really. Cotton. Maybe I can and I don't want to. Maybe I can and I don't want to. See? See? Well, maybe you guys could help me with this huge question. 
before we yes. go to yes. our break and get our collars on. And um, so how in the world do they, they even get pigs in a blanket? Oh, you have to grease them. <laughs> like the actual pig or you grease the pig first? Yeah, you grease the pig first. And then as soon as they run through the blanket, you throw it over them because the blanket's dry. So it grabs onto the grease part. Oh. Hugs, you know. I like a, personally think it Olympic. works better if you hit the pig over the head, stun it, and then just kind of slide under them like a, like on a little water slide underneath and then like wrap the blanket around them really fast. Shocking. You go for the cruel way to do it. Hmm. You so, would know. So how long does it take you to prepare a pig in a blanket? Um, You know, like it's not bad, like five hours, you know. If Can you're slow. That's a real slow. slow water slide then that you're going on. <laughs> can you make those gluten-free? No. Yes, you can. Pigs don't eat gluten, Polly. Um, they eat everything. Except for gluten. Wrong. You know? Well, this is a great place to pause and just take a deep breath and get some information from our sponsors. Because they have bills to pay, Polly. Fine. And now, a word from our sponsor. And now, I return you to our program. So welcome back to a podcast lips. It's that time of the show where we're going to listen to our listeners and uh, hear some of the questions that they have to ask. So uh, looking at our, uh, my producer here, I'm going to have him prep up our first uh, our first call in here. Hi there, Calcedonian Clef. First time listener, long time caller here. I was wondering if your guests would comment on recent research suggesting that their mutual violation of the Buttercream Non-Proliferation Treaty of 2016 is what eventually leads to the collapse of the frosting detent, eliminating all chances of avoiding this apocalyptic wasteland. I'll gladly take my answer off the air. Um, well, okay, that's a charged question, and it's a charged answer. Um, the truth is, the difference between butter and margarine is what will make or break an apocalypse. Um, the amount of chemicals that are in margarine are unnatural, and I stand by the use of butter when it comes to a true butter cream. And unless you want some weirdo zombies running around, I think that holding true to the butter and the buttercream is the best chance for human survival. Polly, you got anything to say? Well, I've already established that cows aren't going to make it, and I think your idea of using giraffe butter is ridiculous. So, I think you're gonna just have to suck it up and use shortening, and most people won't be able to tell the difference because their taste buds are ruined. Are you talking about shortening from an animal like lard, or are you talking about shortening, like vegetable shortening? Because Vegetable. Vegetable shortening, okay. That will definitely survive the apocalypse. Nothing can kill that. And we have warehouses full of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, it should last for, you know, like 30 years it's like at least. It's like Crisco. Yeah. Like, I mean, not to name brands or anything, but that's a good example. Are they a, a show sponsor? Crisco. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
I wish. We should call him. If you're listening, Crisco, we have. I'm sure you heard our ad. We have room for for more. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and take the next call. Oh, hey, hi guys. Um, this is Jeffrey D. Campbell. Uh, I'm a friend of the show. Uh, uh, we're all really good friends, actually. I think we, you might even consider me uh, to be best friends with uh, Claffin and Chalcedony uh, since I appeared on the show. Uh, you may remember me on there. Um, I have a question for your, your guests today. Um, it has to do with uh, cooking meat pies. Uh, I haven't done much baking, but uh, I just wonder if, if they might have any advice on, on baking a meat pie. Uh, a pie with with meat in it, and um, if it helps uh, for me to be more specific, um, the meat that I'm talking about is uh, the meat from murdered humans, uh, whom I murdered uh, in order to eat. Uh, so, any advice on that would be great. And um, Clef and, and Chalcedony, I'll, I'll see you guys at the barbecue. All right, goodbye. Have you uh, responded to his I haven't yet. Yeah, you haven't, guys haven't. might want to work on who you make friends with. You no, know, we do that so we don't get eaten. We, oh, we wait. called him a ride after the show. It was the local non-emergency number. Um, I'm surprised that he's out. But anyway, um, well, so meat pies, guys. I suppose you would have a kind of near endless uh, supply of uh, lard. So he could make a really tender crust. That's also flaky, which is often hard to do. But I imagine uh, with his um, bountiful lard supply, he should be he should be making some of the best pie crusts in town, no doubt. Yeah, you know, I hate to go on like the morbid side of you know a call about a guy murdering and eating people, but yeah, I have to agree with Polly. Like, really, human fat. Like, if you can render it, delicious. Probably the effects of what war does to your mind, probably. Gets you really into that morbid zone. It's hard to leave, I imagine. You call it morbid. I call it the truth. Fair enough. And, um, you know, I yeah, I agree, Polly. I think he's going to be able to make, like, delicious food with that. And, you know, once again, I hate to go back to the zoo thing. It's captive animals. They're sitting right there. You know, you're going to have meat. And the truth is, once you eat all the gluten-free people... Then you're just going to have nothing well, but tasty tiblets around. I didn't say we were going to eat the gluten-free people. I said that they were going to die during the apocalypse. That's different. So that's I'm just cutting out around. the middleman. You know, I'm... <laughs> or eating the middleman. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I just... I'm Did you eat now? my mother? Like... Out. <laughs> oh, God. Well, was, <laughs> let's cut that part. I, th- I think I might be turning red. It's a good thing. It's um, right. it's a, it's a radio show. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> next caller. Thank you, Kelsey. Hi, I'm just calling to say that I think your guest Polly sounds really pretty, and I think she sounds better and smarter and like a better baker than your other guests. And I think probably all of your other listeners agree with me too. Hey, uh, producer, can I see the really? phone number on that one? Oh, uh, no, I, I think that caller sounds legit, really? man. Really? Really, Polly? Really? Yeah, actually, this, I mean, this looks like your contact information, no. Polly. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about, you guys. Well, um, I think guys, there's not much to answer on that, uh, that question, quotations. Um, they so, were just saying what everyone else was thinking. 
No sure. one else is thinking that, Polly. We yeah, all know I sound a lot prettier. All right, no, so. No, you don't. No, you don't. See? So we're going to. We're going to take this next question that comes from our website. It says, I've been experimenting and I haven't been able to get it quite right. But when I bake a cake or when you bake a cake with a girl that pops out to surprise people, when do you put the girl in the cake? And at what temp do you bake it with her in it? Wow. Are we talking meat pie kind of baking it in again? Or does it? Okay. It might not clarify. But okay. So if you're going meat pie cake. Then after you mix all the dry ingredients, I would put the girl meat in there. Add all the frosting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and her frosting, uh, with like the wet ingredients and mix it in together. Now, if she's going in after, then, you know, 350 for 45 minutes or golden brown. No, it'll be at least 60 minutes, I think, you know, to get the like outer crust just right. Would you be doing this when they were alive or dead? Well, it's up to your taste palette, really. Yeah, how would you do the surprise if they're dead? Do you have to have, like, a springboard or something? To... Oh, that's pretty oh. dark, even for you, Cody. Would okay. they, I mean, because you don't want a charcoal surprise. Right? Well, no, I mean, if you're baking her in the cake, she's not going to charcoal. I mean, she's, you know, her skin will... Melt a little bit and get a little smoldery and sticky. But once again, it's all up to your taste. You probably want to have like a strong enough springboard underneath to like get her to clear the cake so you could still eat the cake after the surprise. After the surprise of the the dead girl popping out. Well, the question didn't say dead girl. So, I mean, I guess it could be like. Oh, so this is like a living woman. Like, jumping out. Imagine like, like you're throwing party. Yeah, a bachelor party or throwing like a party for an executive at your company or something. Oh, that's or, just weird. I might be okay. crazy, but I think the girl doesn't actually get baked into the cake. So There's like a door on the back? Yeah. Oh. Well, before taking this job, I actually had done a couple of those. Uh-huh. Um, so I wasn't baked into the What cake. was oh, Okay, how did oh, you, how did you get were there into a, the cake? Yourself? Um, a ladder. A ladder? Mm-hmm. Really? Were there a lot of, like, single girls at those parties? Um, or guys? I don't like to think about it too much now. Oh. Um, was that springboard oh. a little bit too springy? Yeah. This, I, yeah. That's Would you... How I, this is how I got such a big head. It's not because what's inside of it. It's because of all the healing that needed to take place after hitting oh. things. Would you call that your wow, own that private like war? Um, a l- yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you're going to make it through the apocalypse with all those... Oh, that scar tissue in there. Well, and the the tequila um, thing too will probably prevent my survival. Oh, it sounded. It sounds like you went through quite a trauma. Or you could yeah. be pickled. Sorry. This was this when Dee's was born, so. Um, but you know, I had a making and ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, you do what you got to do, man. You do. I get it. You do. I get it. Yeah. That, does that conclude our calls today? I believe no more have come in. Okay. Well. Thank you, callers. We really appreciate your... Yeah, thank you, Polly. That was quite the question. There. It wasn't yeah. me. Good question, Polly. Even though there I wasn't know what a you're talking question about. there. Cootie. I love that people came on the show today, and I'd love to get back to talking about how are we actually going to bake, because I don't suppose we can bake, like, in a trash can with a fire or anything, so... Oh, no, you totally can. You can. Tell- oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm it sorry, comes sorry, with the lid, so that'll, like, keep all of the heat yeah. in. Almost like a convection oven, but not. Okay, great. What do you think the best source of fuel is going to be? Farts. <laughs> you know, you laugh. You laugh, sir. Um, 
but really, if we could hone our farts and and take the take the methane out of them, then we could turn it into a reusable energy source. You might say you might turn it into a reusable energy source. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> acknowledge that. Do you think that that would affect the smell of the baked goods, or is it like? I mean, can you actually separate the smell out? Is that going to impact like a delicious croissant? You know, once once we're all not showering and the deodorant factories have shut down, um, I think the smell of anything that's not human body odor, it's all going to smell great. So, do you, you think know? if we like harness the power mm-hmm. of farts to? start our baking um do you think pink eye is going to be a a occupational hazard i think it'll burn out with the baking Mm. actually i think that bacteria would that's true baking does kill a lot of things you know like alcohol probably pink eye um Mm -hmm. girls and cakes as we established girls and cakes yeah cakes okay Mm -hmm. there's going to be no more bacteria on the girl well well no i mean if you bake her enough yeah Okay. Think how. During during the wars, did mm-hmm. any did any unicorns die during the during the wars, or did they well, serve like a important purpose in the? I mean, we did win round three with our unicorn mm. toppers. Yeah. Um. So I, who's to say if they died or not? But um, we did wow the judges with our. Our cupcake toppers. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, to know if something really is dead or not, it takes a lot. And I, I just, once again, I hate to agree with Polly, but yeah, I, I think that really Get there, used to it. Well, how much frosting, would, well, as you guys call it, frosting, mm-hmm. how much of that was like covering this unicorn? Oh, it was all over. It was, um, it was covered. I used a piping bag, so my design was really intricate. And so you took the frosting and then stuck it into it, and then reapplied it to the. That's what the professionals do. Oh my god! So unicorns do exist. Um. Okay, it's a trade secret, but yes, they do. They do. Um, I'm so excited. They're. They're they're in the lower forests of Azerbaijan, um, and it's one of those things where, like, you know, it's like an Area 51 thing where once you know about it, you're not supposed to talk about it. The Is that like first Fight rule, Club? Yes, the first rule of, of you know, unicorn no, knowledge is that you don't talk about the unicorn knowledge, but congratulations, you've, like... Broke the seal. Um, yeah, you as broke it the were. seal. Yeah. And it's also I'm excited. Well, you should be. Like, <laughs> it's fantastic. And it another animal that we could utilize for milk. I was just gonna unicorns. ask that. Unicorns. It is very sweet. It kind of tastes like, you know, when, when you finish your bowl of lucky charms? I like the milk at the bottom. Oh. I actually agree with Cotton on this one. I think that mm. Andrew called her by her name. Thank you for calling me Cotton. What? See, I've been calling her by her name the whole time. I don't roads. know what you're talking about. This but anyway, what I'm saying is because it is really sweet, that that would cut back on the need for refined sugars. So it might actually be a healthier bread that we end up with. So we talked about how mm-hmm. the neck size correlates to the quality of the milk. Um, I mean, maybe it's just because I haven't like seen a unicorn, but is like it's your loss. 
Yeah. It, it really is. Like, this yeah. is, like, one of my life goals. Like, I mean, I could be turned into frosting happily if I saw a, uh, a unicorn. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, this is really exciting. I mean, I can't say the word excited enough. Yeah. <laughs> there. Um, it's exciting how excited the excitement tends to be. I'm excited for your excitement. It's it's exciting to be excited for your excitement. Um, yeah, the milk is it's really sweet, and once again with the neck size, you know it's it's not a giraffe neck, but it's a unicorn neck. And funny enough, the horn neck? actually is part of the neck, so it oh. travels like up. It goes it it's refined through the horn. Probably like more and like then, surface area there to really. Yes, and yeah. if you um, if you um, process the unicorn milk, you can end up with a really nice shelf stable unicorn cheese. Mm-hmm. If you milk it from the horn, though, the most stable milk comes from milking the unicorn <laughs> horn um, because of true. the structure. So the horn's milkable. Yes, I know. It's so it sounds strange, but do you do that in like a long stroke? What kind of um short, quick strokes. So you just you imagine like holding like holding like a, a, a soda can, you know, and just quick up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. You okay. know, and then it just like, you know, comes out quickly. Have uh, you ever have you ever had the unicorn milk straight from the tap? That's a little dangerous to drink straight from a horn because it's it's got a no, know, but Mzuzu has. You know, you bring him up, and you deny that he's real, and you keep, you know, you're you toying know, with me. I'm really sorry. I I, you know, I I know you started to have feelings for Mzuzu, and I know that you think he's real, but it really was me, and I I I actually do feel bad about that. I'm really sorry. Are you really? Wait, so yeah. he's really not? Yeah, I feel bad. I'm I'm sorry. You know, this that that's a lot to uh, process because now I have to tell your mom that. Yeah, why don't you do that? He's, you know what? I think I will. How, um, so if if you truly were Nzuzu, how did you not know that your mom was alive? Because apparently, it sounds like. Zuzu, your mom, and Cotton have been very involved in a uh, relationship. With a unicorn. With well, a unicorn. she's never met Zuzu. It's been all online. So the whole like part about my mom, I think, is just she was trying to get under my skin. And I didn't, it didn't work. So it got under her skin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that's what happened. All right, well... Back to the apocalypse, and I was just wondering, we talked a little bit about your secret ingredients, but in the apocalypse, that is going to change, right? So you have a secret ingredient of today and the secret ingredient of tomorrow. If you could take anything with you into the future and not have it be altered in any way, what would that be? Um, I think it would be um, celery, because um, in round seven in the Cupcake Wars... Uh, we only had a stick of mozzarella cheese and some celery and some um, rutabaga white. Yeah. Okay, rutabaga, celery, and mozzarella cheese. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And we made the most amazing um, 
tart. <laughs> well, it is a cupcake. <laughs> we made the most amazing um, chocolate almond tart cupcake out of it. It's you see when it comes Sorry. to mm-hmm. I know. See, here's the thing: when it comes to baking, there's a lot of illusion that goes into it, and so with the right ingredients and the right talent, you can really make some magic happen. So yes, with a rutabaga and a mozzarella stick and, and some, some celery, celery you totally can make celery, a chocolate though. almond cupcake. Does unicorn tart cupcake? Tart does cupcake, unicorn yes. milk yes. like kind of aid in this illusion thing? Are they like magical? Don't be ridiculous. No. Oh. No, I mean, they're just an animal. Oh. Um, I'm sorry. That was harsh. That was harsh. That, um, yeah. Just my, learning about unicorns. My dreams were... Yeah, I'm this sorry. is... That was, it's really difficult to hear that they're not magical. I'm, I'm sorry. They're, they're not magical in the sense that, like, they can make an illusionary cupcake. That was round 13 of the Cupcake Wars, actually. That's um, where we lost was our illusionary cupcake. Yeah. It didn't rise. It was really tragic. So this was... So... Was that because of dry yeast or... Uh, yeah. It was the... It was... Oh, was it a dead shit. yeast? It was the... Um, I'm so sorry. Oh. It was the baking soda. I replaced it with um, baking powder. So we lost because of your spite? Really? Oh, man. This is I wa- feel really bad about that. Do you know how many people that? had to die for those cupcakes? Do you realize what you've done? So, um, oh. not to backpedal a little bit, but um, I'm still reeling a little bit from the unicorn, uh, not magical thing. It kind of reminds me of uh, when I found out that my dad wasn't my real dad. Um, and so now I'm wondering about uh, wondering about the wars. Do you, did this like displace a lot of children? Are there a lot of? Uh, yes, unfortunately, there are whole orphanages that are glued to their televisions. Yeah, it's it's tragic. And they think because that they of can you. make chocolate out of celery. I'm not the ones that made them watch. No, but you're the one who replaced the baking soda, and so we lost, and that's why. Like, do you understand? You're a war criminal now. Is that where you, you get your chocolate from? From the celery? Yeah. From slaves? No. Is that why you're a war criminal? I'm not a war criminal at all. War criminal. No, that is she's gone way too far on that one. Okay, are you are you getting your cupcakes from slaves? I mean, your chocolate from slaves? Um, they're enslaved people, and not anymore. Um, because the Geneva Convention. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's the best water park in the damn world. I gotta tell you. Um, and yeah, because the Geneva Convention, I no longer use. Enslaved peoples for chocolate. Okay. Um, I would say that that's that's the one thing I would want to be able to like take with me that, you know, wouldn't be changed. Like to go back to that question, like chocolate. Chocolate I, that yeah. wouldn't be changed. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for chocolate because it's you know it's not easy to make, um, and it's a limited resource. You know, with how we have it now, and celery is pretty easy to come by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it's true. I just was curious. I've been reading a lot about um, chocolate and how we're getting chocolate lately, and I'm just kind of thinking children are kind of being enslaved to feed children chocolate, and it's just a really... It's a vicious it's a, cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. yeah. It started in the Wonka Wars. Um, he was the first to really pioneer using... Child labor. Child labor to make the candy that would then feed children. That um, documentary? 
that you're talking about? Yes. yes that was, yeah. like, the foundational um, expo- expose of mm-hmm. that whole system. So are you telling me that, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm making leaps here, but are the Oompa Loompas actually children, just in wigs and makeup? No, they're the uh, guards. Uh, oh. Yeah, they're, so unfortunately in that, in that documentary, um, the Oompa Loompas at that point, like they were still mostly training the children on how to use the, the machinery and the yeah. equipment. But, you know, in that, in that whole, in the whole factory tour that uh, the filmmakers take you on, you don't really see the behind the behind the scenes because mm. there has to be someone who is putting up the tasty wallpaper and not just... It's all a facade. Yeah, yeah. It's that, you know, they gave you a very shiny example of the factory and there's a seedy underground. There's a seedy underground and it's full of children. Mm-hmm. Children all the way down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, once again, I don't think I'll sleep after one of our shows. I thought I was going to sleep hearing about <laughs> unicorns and now... Mm. They're all connected. It, yeah. it is. Are the, yeah. the unicorns are behind this? Yes. Well, the hiding of the unicorns is is behind it. It's 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 a deep. Um, there there are some deep pockets in big baking, and hiding the unicorns, the Wonka factory, um, child labor, child labor. It's yeah. yeah. It's it's all actually connected. Um, Oh, does that mean a big baker is watching us? Okay. From a distance. You know, we, we might, um, Polly and I might have our differences, but we are both really putting ourselves on the line here, knowing that big baker is listening and is watching. So so is deep pockets the same as deep throating the unicorn horn? Oh, no. Deep throating the <laughs> unicorn horn. Damn it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Does it always have to be sexual with you, Chalcedony? Maybe. Yeah, Chalcedony. Maybe you need to go to therapy for that. And I think if anyone knows about deep throat in her corn defense, horn, I was thinking it too. <laughs> Thanks, Clef. So, um, what was the weapon of choice employed during the the wars? Voodoo dolls. Uh, standing mixers. Yeah. And had, had, so we'll start with the voodoo dolls. Like, in, in what way did that <sighs> aid you in the wars? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to say because uh, I feel like I owe Cootie another apology here. Cotton. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, cotton. I, uh, Thank you. <clears throat> I uh, may have been using the voodoo dolls to give her UTIs. So, uh, what? what did you say? Uh, wait. Uh, um, <clears throat> I was using voodoo dolls to give her UTIs. How, how do you do that with a voodoo doll? Carefully. Do you know how much cranberry juice I had to drink? I was, I was, I was peeing sugar, basically. I mean, that could be useful in a post-apocalyptic world as well, you know? A oh, yeah? new sugar source. Oh, you know what? Okay, so remember that one time when uh, you were in jail for three years for uh, drug possession? I'm the one who hid those drugs. I'm the one who put the cocaine in your suitcase. Oh! So there. Okay, so there. me replacing your baking soda is this awful, awful thing. But you yeah, messed with drugs? my body. 
Well, I was worried for a moment that you messed with her body to hide the drugs, too. So um, I'm glad that it was just a suitcase. Um. <laughs> yes, that's that's something to be thankful for, I would say. See, I didn't shove balloons of cocaine up your butt. I just put them in your toothpaste. <laughs> in your toothpaste? Frantically brushing your teeth, just like, yeah. We were wondering why you had bleeding gums for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought I had a lot of energy, and I was really proud of all the, like, cupcakes that I was turning out during that time. So it was kind of a surprise when I got arrested, and the cops didn't believe me when I said I had no idea what was going on. So, Do you think cocaine toothpaste provides better cavity protection? Ooh. Yeah, how was your dental health in that time? Yeah, how was that? Well, I wasn't allowed to see a dentist in prison, so um, I had a couple of cavities when I came out, but who's to say whether that was because of the cocaine or not? You know? Hey, Mexican prisons, am I right? right? Is that where you got arrested? Uh, in Mexico? No, I was in Bratislava, so... Uh, hmm. I don't know where that is. That's because you're dumb. Okay, you're dumb. See, can't think of a response to that. Anyway, I was trying to say I'm sorry, but you just won't accept my apology, and I don't know why. Oh, geez, I wonder why. Maybe because you gave me UTIs. Like, you got me thrown in prison. Oh, my God. You had three hots and a cot for three years. You're fine, okay? So then how do you utilize the stand mixer in the Cupcake Wars? What you do is that's what you use to mix the makings for bombs. Hmm. Yeah, it's very efficient. And Too much agitation, though, and it's just going to, you're going to blow yourself up. What are you Did blowing you up? This is not a, Are I these mean, recipes from the anarchist cookbook? Or the, like, actually, it's an I actual heard cookbook. About that. That's the funny thing. No one realizes they've got great recipes. I mean, if you need a quick casserole. Their and, zucchini like, bread is fantastic. You and the zucchini. You I'm and just the zucchini. saying. And the, at the end of the world, zucchini will be there when we need it, okay? Zucchini's not roaches, all right? It's not going to just, Also like, a great source of protein if you want to make flour. Okay, well, that's true. She's, she's right on that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you're going to make cockroaches into flour and zucchini into flour, and then how are you going to... No, the zucchini isn't that? flour. The zucchini is the... The binder? The zucchini is the binder and the um, moisture content of your bread. Could you make zucchini flour into flour? No, because zucchini is like 170% water, so... uh, 170? Yeah. Hmm. Good math there. Good math. Yeah, real smart. uh Uh-huh. So... Because I think... You can't... Zucchini is probably... Like, a zucchini probably grows, and then, like, a zucchini grows around that zucchini. So, I think when you harvest a zucchini, that's why there's a little nub on top of the zucchini... Um, oh, it's because it cannibalizes the other so it's zucchini. Like, yeah, so you get eighty-five percent of the one zucchini, like the inner zucchini, well, and eighty-five percent. I mean, of the nobody. And then that's the one hundred and seventy percent total because of the way that it wrapped around. Yeah, I saw a TED talk on oh, it. Oh, that's so. really fascinating. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, I saw that one. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. The, my inner zucchini, I think, is what it was called. My inner zucchini. Oh, such a great title. Mm-hmm. You can make pot brownies, but can you make them like meth brownies? Oh yeah. You can cook meth into anything. It's uh, it's almost like the mushroom of the drug world, you know? Oh, huh. besides mushrooms being the mushroom of the drug world. <laughs> uh, yeah. Me- <laughs> meth makes, uh, it, it gives it that crunch. 
Oh, this is this is awkward. Um, I meant methane because we were talking about farts. Methane, methane, not methamphetamine. Oh, uh, I know, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying I'm full of gas? Well, you're full of a lot of hot air. But uh, back to the methane. Yes, you can make um, methane brownies. Um, they won't have the crunch of meth brownies, <laughs> but. They will have um, a they will have a, a flavor. It's a little like smoky, kind of chalky, you know, a little like 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 um like an applewood, if you would. So if you wanted to make like mm. your own like homegrown methane, could you just use like common chemicals that you have in your like kitchen or? Do you need an alpaca? Do you need alpaca poop? Oh, very potent question. That yeah. was um that was episode seven of the Cupcake Wars. Uh, and um, we won that one, but it was it was a pretty close competition between uh, us and Carlos and uh, Remy. So that was a really, really tough mm-hmm. battle. Yeah. Yeah. Did he sabotage anything that day, too? <laughs> you did, didn't you? I mean, I guess if I were, you know, confessing everything. Uh-huh. Uh, it actually wasn't the cupcakes, but I may have replaced your birth control pills with Tic Tacs. So <laughs> that's Is never that happened on our show before. So uh huh. Yep. Oh my god! You're welcome. Uh, thanks. Now I have like triplets waiting for me outside. Great. Thanks. thanks. Did this happen during your relationship with her mom? <laughs> no. Um. With her dad, though. (laughs) So we're keeping it all in the family. All right. So I think we just discovered you're an aunt. Oh, right. Congratulations. Uh, What? Or a a sister. A sister. Oh, I guess. Oh, right, right. Sister, yeah. Congratulations. What did you say about my dad? Well, well, we can talk about this later. Um, Your father and I have a lot to discuss. Uh huh. And so do your mother and I. for a second, tell your dad she's not dead. But, uh, yeah. Um, he's really broken up about that. Yeah. yeah. Consoling her dad. So, in a world after <laughs> We're the. We're unicorn horn. <laughs> so, so, unicorn horns and aphrodisiac? Could if be. it's used right, yes. Yes. Um, it's it's, the, it's the, the sweat that comes off of it. That serves as an aphrodisiac, actually. Hmm. It's a very porous um, appendage. So thank you so much for coming on our show today, Polly and Cotton. I mean, it's just been so enlightening, and we found out this really exciting news about unicorns. I definitely think this was an energetic episode. There was a lot um, discovered today and a lot, Mm -hmm. I guess, worked out between our guests. Mm -hmm. I feel a lot of growth. Yeah, yeah, I feel a lot better. I mean, I feel like the pleasure is all mine. Uh, I'm so glad that I was able to be here today so and humble. To just kind of so like, That's always you cool. know, flesh out everything that uh, Kitty was saying to like make okay. sure that she made you know sense. What? It's cotton. Oh, all right. You know yeah. this? Yeah, cotton. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you so much for your service. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're you're welcome for service so our listeners thank you for uh tuning in to a podcast lips uh this is clef crescendo 
And this is Calcedoni Figaro Scott. And we're signing off. Hope you guys have a great day or night or whatever you're doing right now. Right. And bake away. Bake happy. Enjoy the apocalypse. Let's go milk some unicorns. Indeed. Hey, listeners, this is a podcast lips producer, J. Allen Bell. Let's talk news. You're probably like me and just sick and tired of real news. Real news is such a bummer these days. Am I right? Who has time for that shit? Not me, and probably not you. But you know something I do have time for? Fake news. When I want to read a news story about scientists discovering the first dick pic, or McDonald's buying Catholicism, I head over to thescoopnews.com. The Scoop News is a satirical online news magazine that has been producing the best, most fakest news for 20 years. So listeners, what do you say we ditch those real news jerks and head over to The Scoop News for the best news? That's thescoopnews.com.